We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hope you're doing well on a Wednesday night. I'm Mark Grody with you on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here for one more hour. I'm here until 9 o'clock, 312-644-6767. Been fun tonight, man. A lot of Bears. Got some good information on the White Sox and the Oakland A's game from James Fegan a little bit earlier. Hub Arkish was on at 7, talking about them Bears, which we will uh, continue to do. There's some Andy Dalton sound I want you to hear in just a second. There's something that he has clearly grown tired of. And we'll talk about that in a second. But Joe, holding over from last segment, so I want to take care of Joe in St. Charles. Joe, you're on the score. What's going on? Hi, Mark. Great talking to you. Thanks, man. Um, I'm not the Bears coach. I'm not the general manager. But the one impression I got today, when that kid with his supposedly sore groin or not came out and was working out and all, He hasn't been saying much, but to me, I think he wants that job, and I think he wants it bad. Talk about Justin Fields. Yes, yes, that you're saying he wants the job badly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Joe, and thanks for the call, man. He has not given – that he has not imposed his will yet. Let's put it that way. Justin Fields has been very good and seemingly genuine in knowing his place right now as the backup quarterback. And talking about learning from both Nick Foles and Andy Dalton, and he, and he has said now twice to us that greatness doesn't happen overnight. So he seems to have a good understanding of what he doesn't understand yet about the National Football League. So by all accounts, and we haven't talked to him a ton, maybe a handful of times since since the day he was drafted. By all accounts, Justin Fields is comfortable with what's going on. Of course. He wants to be the starting quarterback for the Bears, but I think at the same time, simultaneously, he understands what's going on here. He also understands that in short order, he will be the starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, not right away. And as as Joe mentioned, and if you're just tuning in and you haven't really paid much attention to what's been going on Bears news-wise, yeah, Justin Fields 
has a a sore groin. We were told about that before the practice today by Matt Nagy. He was very careful to say that they are being ultra conservative and that they're not really worried about it. I got out to that practice today very early for warm-ups just to see him and because I knew he wasn't going to practice, but he was out there the whole time. Um, you could look on my Twitter page right now, at Mark Grody Sports. I took a quick video of him. You could see him catching a football and walking around. Doesn't seem to be you know any kind of limp or anything crazy like that. And I took the video for you Bears fans so you could see him and know that he is okay. At the end of practice today, Justin Fields, Nick Foles, and Andy Dalton were all having a contest throwing footballs into buckets from distance. It was like a fun little contest they're doing. The winner, Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton twice put the ball into the bucket, or at least knocked the bucket over. He was the only one to make contact with the bucket today. But it was good to see Justin Fields out there doing that, not not participating in the practice in earnest, but going through warm-ups and doing a few things out there. So we'll see. I, I do believe, I, I will stick with this, I think it's 50-50 as to whether he plays on Saturday, just because if, if he has any ounce of pain in that groin, there's no reason to play him. On Saturday, and that would suck for for everybody. I know everybody wants to see him. I want to see him from the sideline, the whole thing. But there's no reason to to take a chance with him on that. All right, I want to get to um, Andy Dalton now because Andy Dalton has been great with us, the media, in terms of answering all of our questions, being thorough as possible, including the questions that we have asked him about Justin Fields, and he fielded. A couple of those questions in the soundbite I want to play for you here right now. But towards the end, after the last question, you could kind of hear that he was maybe just getting a little bit exhausted by our our questions. So take a listen to Andy Dalton. Here it is. I mean, it, the thing is, there's so much excitement with Justin, deservedly so. I mean, he's a first-round pick, and at the, just with everything that's gone, that's gone on here, I mean, there's a lot of excitement with it. But... I didn't feel like there was an excitement for me either, you know. So it's like, yeah. I mean, I, I think for us, if we just go out and operate how we we know we can do, I, I think the fans will be excited when we score lots of touchdowns this year. How do you work around the awkwardness of of all of the Justin excitement? Yeah, I mean, you you can't focus on that. If you let if you focus on that, then that's going to beat you down. I know who I am. I know who I was created to be. I know where my identity lies. Do I want the fans behind me and this team and all that kind of stuff? Yes. Do I want them behind Justin? Absolutely, I do. But that's not my focus. I can't focus on all that right now. Like I've said before, Justin's going to have his time, and Justin's going to have a great career. But right now, it's, it's my time, and so my focus is on being the best player I can be for this team and do everything I can to help this team win. Justin you know, did very, very, very little today. But when he's over on the sideline, does he seem antsy to you? Uh, does he seem like somebody you really wanted to be out there today, um, doing more than just throwing into a bucket? Yeah, I'm sure he wanted to be out there. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that. And so all right, Andy Dalton uh, keeping his chin up. He seems like a really good dude. And I, I wondered. I have been wondering, like, what his limit will be on our question. We've all, like, all of us, the core of reporters, we have all asked Andy Dalton about – I didn't happen to get a question during that press conference, but if I did, it probably would have been about Justin Fields. But everybody asked the questions before I even needed to ask the questions. And, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it, the, the this season has been, the preseason, if you will, the training camp – 
it, it has been all about Justin Fields, 100%. I mean, there's not one guy that has gotten away from that podium out in Lake Forest at Bears headquarters who has gotten away without us asking, well, uh, all that, but what about Justin Fields? <laughs> Whether it's a defensive player, office special teams, it doesn't matter. Hey, you get Patrick Scales out there. We're going to be asking you about Justin Fields. We're going to need, you know, give us five things real quickly on Justin Fields. That That's just the way it works. Unfortunately for Andy Dalton, he is the starting quarterback for the Bears, which means he is front and center with us often, and the questions are going to continue to come. And the gist of the questioning today was about the 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 crowd reaction at Soldier Field for Justin Fields when he came into the game after Andy Dalton did. And he is correct. He is correct. Andy Dalton, there, there was no negative reaction for Andy Dalton out there whatsoever. None, none that I noticed. Um, everybody, I mean, you could feel it. Everybody wanted to see Justin Fields in there, but there was there was quiet respect for Andy Dalton. For Nick Foles, there was not. There was not. Uh, there was a lot of booing. And as one other reporter, because I'll, I'll tell you this, I I don't care. Like obviously, obviously, you have the right to boo. I hate booing. I really do. Like not not just not, not just the Bears, like Cubs, Sox, Bulls. But I hate when players get booed. Um, if they do something egregious that is offensive towards the fans. Like, who was the Cubs player? Oh, it was uh, the Hundley kid. The Hundley kid once fl- flicked off the fans at Wrigley Field. Like, if that happens, yeah, go ahead and boo. But I, I just, it just, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm too human. I, I hate, I don't like booing. Nonetheless, Nick Foles got got booed. And, um, yeah, I don't know if he deserved it necessarily. I mean, he was bad last year. But I don't know. It seemed like some some we owe you booing, as one other reporter put it to me, that he he had it coming because nobody was able to boo him last year. It brings up an interesting question. Now that I'm thinking, um, Mitchell Trubisky will be at Soldier Field on Saturday. He is the backup quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know. He he'd probably come in early, right? Um, and it's a serious question: Will he be booed at Soldier Field on Saturday? And unfortunately, I think he will be. And I don't like it already. I'm already projecting this. I already don't like it because, well, number one, I don't like booing. But number two, he was he was very popular when he was here. And I get it. He was nation divided. But people rooted for Mitchell Trubisky. They wanted him. Obviously, they wanted him to be good. He was a good dude, like in terms of dealing with fans and dealing with the media. The problem is, is he failed. He failed to be a starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And maybe there were things around him and reasons for his failure, but it did not work out. And and Mitchell Trubisky was given every single chance to succeed over the four years he was with the Bears. He won a quarterback competition last year against Nick Foles. And and the fa- I mean you could feel it. Like fans wanted Mitchell Trubisky to win that job. They were elated when he came back late in the season. Fans were always allowing for the opportunity for him to be good. Um and most of my colleagues out at Hallis Hall don't think he will get booed. And it's because of what I said that he comported himself well. He didn't, you know, he was good to fans, all that kind of stuff. 
And he was a popular figure when he was here, even though it didn't work out. But I, I just I got a bad feeling. I got a bad feeling about Trubisky. Did it also too, like maybe because Bear fans now we we got Justin Fields now. So it's like we're not worried about we got a new shiny new toy. It's like the new girlfriend. Like I ain't worried about my ex no more. Yeah. I got the new girlfriend. Like we now. could be friends actually. Like we we're could, cool now. Yeah, we could we, we could hang out everywhere. Maybe not hang out. But yeah, we could totally be friends. And yeah, good luck, Mitch. Uh, I hope that's what it is. I, 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 you know, my, my, again, my guess, my cynical view is that he'll get booed. Um, but we're, we'll see. From the eight one five, they're gonna boo him out of the stadium. Hmm. Um. Grody, I'm sorry. I was I was proofreading a, a text message here. Got to do that sometimes. <laughs> Grody, maybe I'm in the minority. But the second Mitchell and his Toyota were drafted, I was rooting for him to fail. Well, that's just dark right there. My goodness. Uh, Bears fans are merciless. Uh, they will boo him out of the the stadium. I don't know. I don't know. I hope not. I hope not. I hope they give him an applause, you know? Um, all this talk and controversial viewpoints by the media and fans concerning Justin Fields starting or not week one is because we are supposedly in the window to still win. Yeah, I guess that's true because of the defense, because there is still nothing. There there is no proof that the Bears offense will be good this year. As much as it feels like it should be better with Darnell Mooney in his second year and having Demir Bird and Marquise Goodwin adding some depth, and who knows, maybe Daz Newsom becomes something. It feels like Cole Komet in his second year. It feels like it should be better, but we simply – we've thought that before, so we, we don't know that uh, for sure or to be true at this point. One other cut um, from the Bears from today that I would like you to hear. Some good news, and I told you Roquan Smith was back out there. Robert Quinn – was back out there for the Bears today as well. And as as we know, Robert Quinn had a bad season last year, but here he was after practice today. I think I'm just in a great place mentally, spiritually, physically is what it is. Again, it all kind of starts with the mental. I think I'm in a great place for myself now. Just see if I can continue I guess, what y'all see. So come in a few weeks. We all know we can't change the past so I mean as much as I hate looking at last year it's something that happened but uh, more used as I guess not motivation but you know basically in a sense you know trying to not repeat a year like that because that's not my standard so at the end of the day I just kind of it's weird to say but kind of washed it and just moved on from it because again it was last year this wasn't a good year for me so I'll, I can definitely change the perception this year. Robert Quinn last year had two sacks in in 548 snaps. Um, he's been very open about <laughs> saying he had a bad year last year. And part of what he's indicating there is that none of it matters, that, the, that with him, the talk does not matter. And he is saying the right things, and he's an upfront dude for sure, you know, admitting his shortcomings from last year and understanding that he's got to be a hell of a lot better this year. Uh, And I've appreciated him being so open with us, but it's pretty hollow right now because it it has to happen. And that's what he's saying. I mean, it has to happen um, starting September 12th. Like, he has to be a force opposite of 
Khalil Mack, considering the money that they paid him. And quite frankly, like the depth at outside linebacker is kind of um, undecided right now. Like I have not, there have not been like raving reviews from anybody yet about Travis Gibson, the the second year outside linebacker. And, you know, that that was a guy that I had circled going into training camp, like wondering if if things don't go well for Quinn this year, is it gonna are we quickly gonna see more of Travis Gibson? And he got into the rotation some last year. Um Jeremiah uh Jeremiah Tachu is another outside linebacker veteran guy. Um, James Vauder is still on the roster. So these you have to think about these guys because if you know, if Quinn, who obviously physically he's just not a hundred percent right now, um, back in there, but he's had bumps and bruises and mentally he's good, but physically it's been a struggle for some time now for him. So you just have to think about these other potential options. Um from the six three oh, Mark FYI, for some reason the full text wasn't received in its entirety. On your end, I'm glad I read that. <laughs> um, Dalton takes the role of Glennon. Fields takes the role of Mitch, and the same results in the next three or four years. No, I don't want to hear that. Um, I help was right though about Trubisky's first preseason game. Like everybody was very. I was not covering the Bears at that time. But I remember it, and I remember how excited everybody was in that first preseason game. It's like, well, it looks like we got something here. This looks for real, man. No, like Mike Glennon had not showed his true self yet. Like we didn't know how bad Mike Glennon was going to be. But I will say there was a lot of excitement for Trubisky after one preseason game. These are different players, different experience levels. You know, the the resume is better for Justin Fields, but there was mass excitement for Mitchell Trubisky once upon a time ago. Um, all right. We got – what else do we have? Oh, yes. When we come back, let's talk about the Chicago Cubs and what happened today. There are some, some musings that I'd like to go through with you about the Cubs' day today. I'd also like to talk to you about Chris Bryant and – Jed Hoyer. So we're going to cover it all on the Cubs next. I'm Mark Grody at Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chuck Swing, did he go? Yes, strike three, Cubs win. The Cubs win the ball game 7-1. Put a zero on the board in the ninth inning for Trevor McGill. And the Cubs win the series here in Cincinnati. Today's final 7-1. to one. <laughs> You know, sometimes listening to or Watching a Cubs game is like a foreign language. Like Trevor McGill, what does that mean? What's the translation there? What's a Trevor McGill? What's a Michael Hermosillo? What's an Adrian Sampson? These were key figures in today's Cubs game. And I'm going to try to translate for you as best I can. Welcome back on The Score. I'm Mark Grody. 312-644-6767 is the number. I'm only here for like 32 more minutes. 
here till 9, and then I will be back on the score tomorrow. I will be filling in for Danny Parkins on the Parkins and Spiegel show. Matt Spiegel will be here, so we will be here rocking and rolling from 2 o'clock until 6 o'clock. I know Spiegel is hot for Bears defense tomorrow, and Sean Desai specifically, so I'm looking forward to discussing that with him tomorrow. But the Cubs did win today, as you heard right here on 670 to score. Pat Hughes on the call right there. Cubs a 7-1 win over the Cincinnati Reds. That is Two in a row for all you winning streak fans out there. Um, and there was a gentleman by the name of Michael Hermosillo that did hit a two-run homer for the Cubs today. It is his first start with the Cubs, second of his career. The only other home run that Hermosillo had had in his career was against today's Cubs starter, whose name is Adrian Sampson. Um, you should know this. Kind of kind of cool about Hermosillo. And that's what I'll be doing when I host. I'll be telling fun little stories about this version of the Cubs. Um, Drafted by the Angels in the 28th round in 2013, debuted in 2018. He is from Ottawa. Went to Ottawa, I think it's Township High School. Ottawa High School. Had committed to play football, actually, at, I think, the U of I at Illinois. But he ended up trying baseball. And he had a cool moment, two-run homer, apparently a big Cubs fan growing up as well. So these are the stories of the Cubs at this point. And I don't mind telling these kinds of stories because I, I think it is cool for those guys. As as horrible as this year has been for the Cubs, and we'll get into that, and maddening it as it has been, you know, these these guys are getting a chance to put on the Cubs uniform, and you may never hear of them or hear from them again. Adrian Sampson was the, the Cubs starting pitcher today, 29 years old. He uh, goes four innings, allowed one run on five. His two strikeouts didn't walk anybody, did, did give up a home run. He's been around a second. Like I said, 29, he's played with Seattle and Texas as well. But he brought up today, he made a comparison in the post game today and used one of the most popular television shows of all time to make his point. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, right now it's it's almost Game of Thrones esque. Like we're, we're being we're being asked to what kind of role do we want to play in this organization going forward? So it's it's ours for the taking. If you want to, if you want it, you got to go get it. And uh, that's my thought process. I really want this job, and and I'm going to do everything I can to to be successful. It's Adrian Sampson going Game of Thrones. Right there. So he seems like an engaging dude. I was watching the, the post game today. Same with Hermosillo. They all seem like really cool dudes. I had no idea where Samson would fit in with the Cubs, but he is right about one thing, man. It is open tryouts with the Cubs. Doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. If you would like a chance to pitch with the Chicago Cubs right now or play a position, there it's it is wide open and we will learn your name and we will learn stories about you. So good for Adrian Sampson, good for Michael Hermosillo, good for the Cubs. They won a damn game today. They beat the Reds 7 to 1. That's two in a row. But the Cubs are, and I'm just blown away every time I say this. The Chicago Cubs right now are 20 and a half games out of first place. My god. What happened? I, I At some point in time, when I am hosting, I am going to bring that up every single time. Because in June, this team was in first place and thinking about adding to their They're 20 and a half games out of first place now. Oh, my God. Talk about an era coming to a screeching halt. 
you know, like the golden era of Cubs baseball. And then it just all turned back into a pumpkin. And and here we are in name your year of Chicago Cubs baseball, where it's just it's just horrid, and you have these devastating losing eleven game losing streak and a twelve game losing streak. It's just been god awful. <laughs> but and yeah, see, we can do positive and negative all in the same sentence. God bless Hermosillo and Samson, but what the hell happened to the Cubs this year? It's just been absolutely one hundred percent atrocious. Oh, by the way, a few other positives for the Cubs this year, man. Everybody was making fun of Frank Schwindel because he's Frank Schwindel, but Frank Schwindel has been really good, and he had an RBI double today. Rafael Ortega just gets hits, man. Just gets hits. He had an RBI hit today as well, and Sergio Alcantara with a home run as well. We're going to get more into the Cubs here in a second, but 312-644-6767 is a number. I think that's my guy, Wayne. Wayne, what's going on, man? Hi, Grody, old buddy, man. I've been listening to you. I say I've been talking to you much lately, old buddy. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very faithful. That whenever you're on, I'm there with you, buddy. Don't be cheating on you me now, that. Wayne. I know that. I know. <laughs> you know that, old buddy. I know. I yeah. Know. You know. Hey, my, 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 my very best cat. I got several cats, thanks to one mama. But uh, oh, really? I, have, I had two. I had two yellow ones. One was named Spunky, and one was named Sporty. Oh, and and you, Sporty man. died on Sporty died on me the other oh, day, man. It was really? a bad day. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Man. I am sorry. Yeah, he he had some. I don't know. He he got got something going on, and it just he he didn't make it. So, but oh. anyway, anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I was just gonna say, uh, uh, and also you got your guy, um, Brandon. He's a great guy. Oh, there, I love but, him. Uh, Sean, Sean on the weekend. Like Sean, he I was telling him about how Clayton Richards is down there, at Jeff High School, and being oh, yeah. a quarterbacks coach, and 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 the, and the, and the uh, baseball coach for for the high school team now, for head coach, and he got he got um he got. Uh, um, uh, Speaks to talk to him on the on the weekend deal, and then yep. that Sean tell Sean tell Sean when you talk to him, thank you for me. Yeah, and, sure. Because uh, Clayton Clayton's an old homeboy of mine, man. I I know him. You know he's a good guy, and I really 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 appreciate him getting him on there. And anyway, but yeah, it's it's real sad to see old Jake Arietta go out there to San Diego and try to give it another shot. It's just sad to see him go out like this, Grody. Yep. What do you think? Oh yeah, man. I heard. I I didn't. See, I think I heard Spiegel talking about it today, as a matter of fact, that he just sucked today. So, too bad for Jake. I, I still think, if you want me to give you my opinion on Jake Arrieta, I still think there might be one little pocket of goodness for Jake Arrieta in his career. I mean, he is determined. I will say that. This is not just a guy who is out there, let's just see what I got left. Yeah, I'll take a flyer on this. Like, this is a guy who, in his head, still thinks he can be a starting pitcher in a rotation. Here's what I think is going to happen with him. I think he's going to have another like spasm of goodness with somebody, with somebody. I, not, not, I don't know about this year, but maybe next year somebody takes a flyer. And I think he'll have like uh, like 10 good starts or something like that, and then he'll start to fade away again. But I, I, do, I am predicting not greatness – just like a pocket of goodness left in Jake Arrieta, and he he's not going to retire. I mean, it's pretty clear. Like but. a reliever? No, I think he's a starter. Yeah, no, I I don't think I I think he would retire. Like if 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 all he was qualified or if all he was appointed to do by managers or general managers, whoever you'd like to think is controlling those sort of things, if if he was just told he was going to be a bullpen guy, I think he then would retire. I don't think his next pocket of goodness is going to come out of the, the bullpen. I think it's going to come as a starter, as a fifth starter in a rotation, 
and then I think it'll fade away again. But I think I just think there'll be a little bit more goodness for for Jake Arietta this year. Uh, let's go to Randy and let's stay in Indiana. It's Hobart, Indiana. Hi, Randy. You're on the score. Hey, thanks, Mark. Good show. I always love listening to you. Thank you. Um, so my concern with the Cubs is, and by the way, I hope you're right about Jake Arietta. You know, a little disappointed what he said to Bruce Levine, and sure. I, know I think uh, less. Les gave him bum of the week, I think. But uh, anyway, hopefully he does have a, a, another good pocket of goodness. Anyway, my concern with the Cubs, and I'm not sure how to read. You know, you talk about all these guys that we're bringing up being 29 years old, 30 years old, you know, the, the Rafael Ortegas, the Patrick Wisdoms, and, mm-hmm. you know, some, some being successful, some not being successful. My big concern is with scouting and development. Okay, Are we, you know, why are we not – Seeing some of these guys that we've drafted, you know, that are younger guys coming up, why haven't we seen, you know, you know, we Theo talked about the Cub way that mm-hmm. he took over, you know, and that we're going to develop our players. And, and, you know, I mean, even in some of the free agent signings that we've had, a lot of that goes on scouting, right? You send scouts out, they look at these free agents yep. to determine, you know, do we want to sign that? So, I'm not sure how to read the fact that we've got a bunch of 29 and 30 year olds that are, you know, that are coming up playing in place of, you know, guys that we've drafted or, or even a big concern is, you know, the guys that we just traded away, what we get for them, you know, do we have a scouting department that's capable of seeing talent? And, and I know that's a very hard thing to project down the line, who's going to be a, uh, a major league player or not, but I'll hang up and listen to what you have to say and, and keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate the call and the the kind words. We're definitely going to find out now because now, now more than ever scouting and development has become important again in the Cubs world. And what the Cubs failed to do even throughout the Theo Epstein era was develop starting pitching. That was a problem. And the, the guy that took the hit for it was Jason McLeod. I can't think of the guy's name off the top of my head who replaced Jason McLeod, but they did make some changes in that regard and some changes in scouting. But, it's um yeah they they are going to be put to the test. I think that the plan that the the Cubs had when Theo Epstein came in was awesome. It was a great plan. And to put it simply, it was we are going to draft guys and we're going to we're going to build our team around the idea of hitting the ball over the wall and beating shifts and empowering you and not worrying about things like leadoff hitters. We're going to you know, obviously Fowler was there for the first couple of years, but you know, after that, it doesn't matter. Like they kind of like that. That was what it was a good plan that Theo Epstein had, but it wasn't sustainable. To having there was too much swing and miss, and, and not enough contact, not enough situational hitting, and it came up to to bite the Cubs every year. Um, since 2017, and I was throw the caveat in there. You could you could throw 2017 in there because the Cubs weren't hitting in the National League Championship Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers when they they essentially got blasted out of out of that, and then that was really it um, for the Cubs. So it it wasn't sustainable, and now Jed Hoyer has to come up with like a new philosophy, a new plan. And we're seeing some of it and hearing some of it, and that is to get contact hitters. Guys, you know, we've we've heard ad nauseum the the examples of Matt Duffy and Nico Horner 
and you know whomever else they decide to to bring in guys that can get that that will settle for a hard base hit up the middle as opposed to striking out or hitting the ball over the wall. So Jed Hoyer has to come up with that. It is an incomplete product. There is a ton of work to do, and we're gonna and remember this too, Jed Hoyer. One thing that he resorts to, maybe a little too much actually, is his days, you know, working in the American League East and using Boston and the Yankees as his template for or excuse or rationalization for the Cubs not winning right now. Take a listen. I think this will show you what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think that people always point to the Yankees in 16, but I think there's plenty of like there's plenty of other you know examples of teams that you know had had a year where they they struggled. I think you look at the, what the Red Sox have done. Um, you know, they won the World Series in 13 and 14 and 15. They struggled. Um, they won the division in 16, 17. Won the World Series in 18. Um, struggled in 20. You know, I think they've picked in the top ten like three times, and they won a bunch of World Series in that time. So yeah. I think you know, I, just using them as an example of like there's, you know, sometimes there's a lot of stability. Like we we just we've, we've had that that period, and sometimes you know a te- you know a team has like a year they they go down and they go right back up. So um, yeah, I think using the Yankees in, in sixteen, I think that's a that's a probably a fairly apt way to look at it. But I wouldn't put any kind of label name on it. That's the closest he's come to allowing for a label. That was that was Jed Hoyer right there. What I what I know and what I've learned and what I've realized, not just during the eleven game losing streak or the twelve game losing streak, and some of the ways that they were blown out, that it's not going to be acceptable to be bad next year. It's just not like even if you're doing patchwork stuff or you're signing one year contracts, they're going to have to be competent players. Like I, I used to ask Cubs fans, are you going to be okay if they do like a rebuild thing? And I'll answer it for you. No, it, it would not be okay that if, if the bottom drops out for the Cubs next year and they play like they have played since they traded everybody, like 11 game and 12 game losing streaks, unacceptable to this version of Cubs fans. And it, it cannot, what the, the way they built it before 2015 they can't do it. It 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 is it is not. There's a new bar that has been set. There are no years off. Every year has to be a year that you give yourself a chance to get into the postseason. So I've I've answered my own question that I've been asking most of this year or a lot of this year about what Cubs fans will accept. There's no way you should accept bad ever ever. Um, it, the Cubs should always be good. And they should see to it, and that they're there. I I don't want to hear about the Yankees and the Red Sox taking years off and being mediocre at times. This is the Cubs, and that their template is different from yours, and your fan base is different from theirs as well. And there's a new bar that has been set for the Chicago Cubs. So, um, by the way, one text I wanted to read. Um, I just lost it. There it is. I went to high school with. Hermosillo and played baseball with him. Great guy. And you have to check out his football highlights from high school. Very cool. No, he seems like a great dude. Like when he was being interviewed after the game today, sounds like a great guy. And I think, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think he had committed to play football at Illinois and then ended up going the baseball route. So, Hey man, I'm rooting for him. Adrian Sampson. 
Um, Rafael Ortega, Sergio Alcantara. This is no indictment on on those guys. Unfortunately, they they're probably placeholders for bigger things to come. But if one of those guys breaks through, God bless them. They are innocent in all of this. Um, when we come back, um, I have to something that I haven't heard, but something there was an incident out at Hallis Hall yesterday where I was assaulted by another Bears reporter, and then it was discussed on a podcast. So we're going to have to delve into that next. Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Mark Grody with you here for about another 5, 10 minutes or so on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I've been telling you guys, as it pertains to the Cubs, that my, my question throughout the year and when we were all wondering about Chris Bryant and what he wants and where he might get traded and what will become of Chris Bryant. One of the things that I've said a lot, and if you listen a lot, you probably have heard me say this, and that was the one thing about Chris Bryant is we never really knew, I never really knew what he wanted. Like, what What did Chris Bryant want? Where did he want to be? Does he really like Chicago? Does he love Wrigleyville and the fans as, as he says he does, which is the smart thing to say? And I believe he does and did love the fans. But I never really knew. Like, I, I covered the guy for three years, home and road, buses, the whole thing. And I had a good relationship with Chris Bryant, but I never knew what he – I really never knew Chris Bryant, you know, like what does he, who really is he, what does he want? I mean, we know the baseball side and we know that he is a baseballer, man, like from birth, basically one of those guys. Right. But like personally, what does he want? Where does he feel good? I think we kind of found out Um, listening to him talk to San Francisco reporters. He's a giant. And I found this soundbite from him to be truly telling about Chris Bryant, take a listen. I know it's all super new to me too, the, the whole being here and, you know, um, playing with these guys, but it just, they're just something that feels a little different about it. It feels right. I feel, um, you know, they're just really good people. They put their head down, they go to work, they're not flashy. And I kind of um, see myself as that type of player too. And I think that's kind of what the, the Giants organization is all about. They want guys that, are good people. They go go to work, keep their head down. You know, we're like I said, we're not flashy. We go out there and do the job and and win and move on to the next one. And that's a good feeling. So you, you kind of get the feeling that um, Chris Bryant may not like the everybody a breathing on your neck type of atmosphere, like Chicago is. And clearly, he doesn't need flashy. And, uh, yeah, the Cubs, the Cubs have been flashy, for sure, since 2015. And I'm not going to go overboard reading into it. By the way, Chris Bryant is kind of a flashy player, by the way. Like, I know he doesn't do, like, you know, um, pimping home runs or doing anything like that. But, like, he hits home runs. He runs fast. He plays good defense. He's kind of flat. But I know what he's talking about. Like, he's not Javier Baez. So, 
it it's interesting that he it it sounds like who knows who knows maybe he's playing San Francisco and trying to get everybody on his potential his gold card for the off season you know so saying all the right things but that sounds pretty genuine to me in terms of a guy who likes the likes that sort of a little bit more laid back atmosphere in terms of actual location and then just a the, the he doesn't like the noise or the drama or any of that stuff he just likes this sort of 9 to 5 go in play hard work hard all of that so it's a little bit telling and it's, it's not bad nothing bad about what he said and I don't think he was like taking shots at Chicago. He was giving, as he usually does when there is a microphone in front of his face, he's giving his honest opinion. So this is not like bad, but it's just it's it's giving it's giving into the mystery a little bit of who Chris Bryant is and what he actually wants in his life. And as it turns out, it may not have been Chicago. All right, we got uh, just a couple more minutes to to finish this up. Um, I don't know if there's backstory in this, what we're about to hear, because I haven't heard it yet. But I'll just say, it was yesterday in Bears practice, sitting in the bleachers, watching the Bears in training camp, and hanging out with a few of the guys. And I happened to be in the vicinity of Kevin Fishbane. I was sitting, he was standing, kind of like over me. And all of a sudden, I was getting flushed with water like like come like like coming hard not just a little spritz like a half a bottle of water came pouring out on me I look up and there's Fishbane not paying attention his water bottle tilted and dumping on me (laughs) and there's a few other reporters around and it was like he was like profusely apologizing and all all of that. But anyway, so there is the the Bears Hogan Johns podcast. I heard that this came up, so let's take a listen. This coincided with a very embarrassing moment of uh pouring water on poor Mark Rody. You felt legitimately awful to the point I that I felt awful for you. Like I felt worse for you than I felt for Grody, because Grody it was hot. I would have actually loved if you had done that to me. It was so hot. The water part of it was good. You got a little on his cell phone that was the only unfortunate part but um i think that was the most entertaining moment of camp so far for us yeah you know the cap of my water bottle had had fallen so i was i was going i was capless and i i just forgot that i was capless and literally just like tilted the water bottle over as i was getting something in my pocket so it's like grody looked up there's just a stream of water pouring on him so you don't want to be capless like David no. Kaplis, you don't want that. Oh, no. uh, well, that was funny. You actually—he just did a thing where you you forgot there was no cap and it just tipped and then it poured all over him like a water fountain. That was that was fun. <laughs> Wait a minute, Hogue. The thing, the thing where you forget, like, has this happened multiple times? The thing where the cap is not open and you're tilting the bottle and pouring it on one of your fellow reporters, but he he was right, and that that is the from the Hogan Johns podcast. And I, Fishbane must have either been the guest or filling in for the Johns portion of of the show. So, but they're right; they're absolutely right. Like I I like I get the water dumped on me. The last thing I was going to do was wipe it off of me. However, the only concern, as it is proper in life was, is the phone okay? Here's some t- paper towel. You take care of the phone, for God's sake. Don't worry about you. That kid over there just got, don't worry. Is the phone okay? It is, that is a stop, drop, and roll situation. If something happens to one's phone, 
And um, no, the phone survived. I survived. It was refreshing. And yeah, fish face. It was one of those like, and I, I, I truly wasn't mad. Come on, you guys know me. Um, and it, it was refreshing, but it was one of those like double apologies. Like, hey, I just, just so you know, I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Are we cool? Are we good? Of course. <laughs> there was nothing egregious in his offense. Now, if it happens again, like Hogue is suggesting, then we have a problem. But, uh, but no, it's all good, man. This has been fun. This has been fun as all. We want to thank uh, James Fegan for coming on from The Athletic to talk White Sox and A's. Hub Arkish was on talking Bears at 7 o'clock. If you want to go back and check that Bears um, content out, 7 o'clock on the, on the app, um, the Odyssey app, that is. Thanks to all the – some awesome calls tonight, some great text messages. Thank you to all of you guys, the feedback. I love talking to you guys. And when I say guys, I mean everybody. That could be men and women and all of that. Brandon Fryer, thank you, man. Getting all the audio. I just throw fire requests at him all day long, and he got it all. So I appreciate him. Appreciate everybody. I will be back on the score tomorrow with Matt Spiegel, 2 to 6 on the Parkins and Spiegel Show. Until then, have a great night on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.